welcome to Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Dwayne. I'm Jamie. Now I'm Sammy. And this week we are wrapping up Jack Black Month with Chu Manji. Welcome to the jungle. No, no we're not. Check- we've got a we've got a, a Jack Black masterpiece next week. This is it's Jim Carrey next month, isn't it? Jim Carrey masterpiece. Jack Black is in that movie. Oh, Jack Black. <laughs> no okay, we'll, 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 I was not aware of that. Uh, a little preview, having not seen the movie. Uh, so, uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. He's got a slightly larger role than he had in Waterworld. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's slightly larger. That, that's something. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, guys, we're going to 2017's Jumanji, Welcome to the Juggle, directed by Jake Kasdan, who has a tie-in to last week's music with Walk Hard, a Dewey Cox story. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, you got Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillian, and um, what was it? Dwayne Johnson, Karen Gillian, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black. Okay, yeah, that's it, right? And Bobby Cannavale, yeah. Yeah. And the Jonas brother. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm, you know, I was going to save this for my for my <laughs> opening thought and grade, but I'm so glad that Nick Jonas grew up into Colin Hanks. <laughs> so glad he could be Colin Hanks. Anyway. And I, and I enjoyed Rise, I don't know how to say his, his name correctly, Rise or Reese Darby. I enjoyed yeah. him as the, the tour guide or whatever he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. this was a, a really interesting take. You know, these guys are sucked into the video game. But, you know, before we go into our video game masterpiece here, let's keep it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. All right, now I'm leading off. And uh, you know, I had a really tough time with keeping 100 this week. You know how you get busy and you just fall back on something comfortable and and known. Well, I am going with an old classic. I don't know if I've ever talked about it. I know we've talked about it in person, but The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time, the, the video game. It's just a lot of fun. Really interesting storytelling, how you, you start off as a young lad and you, you, you find out, you know, as in most fantasy tales that you're not what you thought you were you're, you're, there's more to you than meets the eye you're you're you know an orphan raised in a, in a different thing and as you you have to go back and forth through time and you and you kind of explore paradoxes where you have to go forward or you have to go back and fix something to affect something you know seven years later it's just really a ton of fun really masterful storytelling i thought one of the best of that series and that's really all i'm going to say about that but uh, legend of zelda the ocarina of time You know, I, I think that's kind of one of those classics now. I think one of those games that are is held up be a really high in terms of, of the Zelda franchise. Yeah. Well, you know, it started on the N sixty four, and it's been and it was ported. You know, with the Wind Waker, uh, you had a special edition that you could get a disc, you know, for your GameCube mm-hmm. with that, and then you know the GameCubes would play on the Wii also, so you could bring it on that. And now I'm I'm waiting, 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 waiting for them on the Switch. Hint, 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 Nintendo. <laughs> uh, but uh, luckily, it is a DS game that you can purchase for about twenty bucks. So okay. that's a real steal if you've got a DS. 
Not bad, not bad. All right, gentlemen. So I'm up next. I've got my timer started. You know, on this podcast, um, I've often shared my my little infatuation with uh, Ted Cord, aka the Blue Beetle. And once more, it's time to bring Bre- Beetle up again. Specifically, the first two issues of the miniseries, Blue and Gold. Now, we talked about this on a news episode, so I finally got to really dig into this. Uh, under the pen of veteran writer Dan Jurgens, this buddy cop bromance of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold is brought back. A lot of B's in that sentence. Um, Jurgens is definitely channeling uh, Giffen and DeMatteis's Justice League International take on these characters. Um, I love the lightheartedness, the levity of having these two characters back together. Um, you know, I think it's really important to keep characters like Beetle and Booster relevant because, you know, face it, most of DC lineup uh, is a Batman book. So uh, it's good to see other people. Uh, there is a place in the DCU for other heroes and stories. So admittedly, I know I'm biased, but face it, isn't the whole point of this segment. So that is why Blue and Gold makes this week's Keeping It 100. You know, it is technically named Detective Comics Comics. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of justification for it to all be bad books. Yeah, you know. Sixty <laughs> percent Batman, thirty percent Superman, ten percent Wonder Woman. <laughs> Shift those percentages <laughs> up on the bat, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, I'm up next and uh we're staying in comic book lane. <laughs> I have also been busy, but I've always got time for comics. So uh, here we go. So I'm pitching a comic book miniseries named Eve uh, from Boom Studios. Um, it's written by Victor Laval with art by Joe Me Giong. And I know I probably said both those names wrong. Um, but it's a really um, interesting story. It's a five issue mini that just finished. Um, and the it begins with a young girl waking up from cryogenic sleep. And she discovers that the the entire world has been submerged underwater. I mean, m- mostly submerged underwater. There's been some kind of ecological disaster um, caused by human activity. And she wakes up and there's this sar- sarcastic teddy bear, like robotic, you know, thing there to welcome her to the world or explaining things to her. And, his, and she learns that she has a mission she needs to accomplish, that basically the hope for the planet and all of hu- what's left of humanity rests on her shoulders. And... It'll be collected in short order, but Boom usually collects her stuff pretty quickly. Um, she's a great character. You just you fall in love with Eve, and you just want you know it's a pretty hazardous adventure she goes on, and you just want things to go well for her. The art is really beautiful. I don't know who Joe Mi Gyeong is; never seen any of their art before, but it's a beautiful book. And this this dystopic vision of the future is is really fascinating to think about and to look at. And so, my keeping hunter this week is the miniseries Eve. Okay. Nice. So, so it sounds a lot more interesting than when Luke Wilson woke up from cryogenic <laughs> sleep. <laughs> That's a review. That's check out idiocracy. Yes. <laughs> We've done Jack Black. We could probably do a Luke Wilson. Yeah. We do Wilson Brothers. Yeah, the Wilson <laughs> and get some. I, Owen. I would say we go. The, I'd say we go the Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. All right, fellas. So I guess, you know, it's time to really start digging into uh, Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. 
right? So opening thoughts for me. This was my first time watching this movie. Um, of course, I watched the original with Robin Williams, you know, a, as anyone should. Um, but I hadn't checked out those new films. So when Dwayne proposed this movie, I was interested. Because, I mean, face it, the cast is a slam dunk. You've got The Rock to Amy Pond herself, the lovely Karen Gillan. Uh, I was intrigued to see what, you know, kind of this new generation would bring to this a franchise, essentially. And um, one of the things I really try to think about, is, and similar, you guys have talked about this, is who is this movie written for? Who is who's the audience? Because I think sometimes as old and jaded, I just go, you know, and then uh, I, I just don't like it just because, you know, it's not mine. Um, so I'm trying to step back a little bit. You, you, you guys are rubbing off on me a little bit. Um, so I think this Jumanji definitely hits the target audience. And this is kind of that preteen, early teen, I think is, is truly the target for this. Um, I know the characters skew a little older, but face it, that's what they do in advertising all the time. You know, those kids aren't going to be playing Nerf. I mean, face it, you know that. Uh, but those commercials get all these younger kids wanting to be like the older kids. So for this, it hits its marks. The cast works. It's funny. Uh, and really, it's just fun. So not too bad for this type of film. I'm going to go B for Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. All right. Um, there's a couple of moments that might make me want to push that age range up a little higher. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few references, yeah. yeah. I um, agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think there was some ad libbing that made it into the movie. Um, as, far, as far as my open, the opening thoughts and grades, I mean, there's a lot to like here. Um, it's got a good sense of humor. Um, there's some really fun action scenes. Some really good performances. Um, they, I mean, they've got likable characters, and these old people nail it. I mean, like they feel like the the younger people they're supposed to be uh, for the most part. Um, it's a little thin. Um, it's a little light on any kind of, I don't know, message <laughs> theme. There's not really much of anything, but it was still a really good time, and that's what it wanted to be. This is just you know, a fun adventure story. Um, we're a kid to learn a couple things. I mean, that's about it. Um, but you know, for what it was going for, it's a B plus. It's a solid, and it's it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's not uh, less like both of you guys have have said. I'm gonna echo again. There's there's not a lot of story depth uh, there, but there's you know a, a bit of character development. Sometimes it's not always apparent. But there's some character development, you know that that does that does happen throughout here, and uh, you know, the the age range. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it looks like okay. Yeah, I could show this to my younger kids. Oh, wait a minute, Bethany's finding out about her boy parts now. This is, you know, this is this is the whole thing, you know, and and some of that kind of humor. It, it's it's funny, but you know, it can it can kind of be be construed a little bit crude at times, but you know. Not to be prudish. It's it's a fun movie. It it has a good time with itself, but it doesn't take itself super serious. Um, I, I love the video game atmosphere and how they they take things from the video games and and incorporate into here. You know, like you know they they test your chest and their stats appear. You know, and you learn you know pretty pretty quick. You know what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and then as you find out as they tell the story, how that stuff develops, it was pretty pretty interesting take on that 
And then, you know, you, you get into the NPC characters. You know, I know, I know Jamie was kind of worried about the, the, the depth of the cast here, you know, because really you only have the four mains, but there's quite a few other people sprinkled throughout, but they're really not memorable because they're these non-player characters who only have, you know, certain lines that they repeat. Really neat, uh, you know, echoes to, to video gaming that they, that they stayed true with there. But I, I'm exactly on page with Sammy. This is, a, you know, it's cool for what it is. I think it achieved what it set out to achieve. So this is a B movie. It's a solid B. I like Dwayne mentioned the, the the strengths and the weaknesses thing because I, I think probably my weakness would be Oreos. Yeah, cake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because because we, I, I, we I definitely blow up, blow up with, if you put a pack of Oreos with me. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, my mine would be um, eats his feelings. I mean, that would be. <laughs> yeah, my, my strength would be eating, my weakness would be pasta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you know, the, as as they were in the jungle, and and you know when they were in the dusty storage building with all the vehicles, I really wish they would have had a fan to blow some dust out of there and get some ventilation going. So let's go get our fans for Jumanji. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm first on the fan section. I'm glad because I am completely going to be of this. Um, for me, it's the it's the performance and chemistry of the main group, um, the, the the main cast. Those those four. Um, each of them did a really good job of sort of becoming that younger character. Um, they slip occasionally and forget. I'm looking at you, Kevin Hart. Um, but they they they. I mean, it's a kind of a complicated thing they're trying to do. They're trying to both be, you know. Brave Stone and Spencer. And so Dwayne Johnson has to pull both of those off at different moments and in slightly different ways. And I feel like most of the time they pull it off. Um, Kevin Hart's pretty much just being Kevin Hart all the time. Um, he does, he's doing Kevin Hart things all over the place. Um, but they most they pull it off most of the time. And it's pretty charming watching Dwayne Johnson be a shy nerd. I mean, it's, and, and Karen Gillan pretending, you know, she doesn't know the effect she has on the people around her. I mean, it's it's entertaining. Um, but they, but they, it wasn't just the, the individual performances. They had really good chemistry together as a group, and I, I loved that team dynamic. And it was they were, and they're so good together that it was an absolute bummer when the Jonas Brothers showed up. <laughs> like, dude, you could have disrupt everything that's awesome right here. And he didn't. He didn't completely disrupt it, but he he didn't help much. It's like a lost Cusack brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't know though. His his effect on Jack Black was almost worth that that uh, <laughs> wrench in their chemistry. <laughs> yeah, but Jack Black did all the heavy lifting in that dynamic. That's that's true, but I mean he he lifted. It. I mean he was you know, he was a world class power lifter there. <laughs> You're just seeing Jack Black smitten with a Jonas brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna echo a little bit of what Jamie said. You know, he 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 kind of saw a bit of my, you know cast, but I'm also want to focus on character development. You know, when you see, uh, you know, the 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 kids 
in detention, you know, figuring out, you know, what, what put them there, their, their, uh, you know, their archetypes, I guess, uh, as, as far as the story goes. And, and, and each one of them is, you know, really a very two dimensional, you know, it's the nerd, the jog, the pretty girl, the, the, the nerdy insecure girl, you know, um, and then as, you know, these actors really, you know, for the most part, masterfully bridge the the actions and mannerisms of these insecure teenagers. And you're this big, studly, muscle-bound guy, this really, you know, hot, action-packed babe, you know, is the, the backpack guy. You know, he you know, he goes from <laughs> to the backpack. I've got a backpack, you know. You know, what's the deal? And, you know, uh, Jack Black completely figuring out that it's not all about appearances and status. You know, there's there's other people in the world. And that's a really telling <laughs> line. You know, uh, you know, sometimes you just realize, you know, there's other there's other things. You know, I've been without my phone for days and it's, you know, it. Yeah, her it, senses are heightened now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. You know, she's so blinded in, in, in mono, you know, television in her own world uh, that as they developed into those characters, you know, and, and I think some of the, some of the actions that you're talking about, Jamie, are, are purposeful. You know, you see them, you know, I, I love how, how Karen Gillan, you know, she, she, she wraps herself in the, in the shirt. She, she keeps her on her waist until she has you know, her moment. Then you see the confidence come out and you see Spencer. He looks down. He's like, Oh, what's, what's, what's <laughs> this? You know, he sees his arm, you know, and he's, he's like, what is this, all this going on? And, uh, that whole development there I thought was really, really well done and just a lot of fun. And to see, you know, the absurdity in the situations that they were in, you know, the, the fighting, the, the trekking through the jungle, nobody can read the map, but Bethany, you know, right. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, as they're having these things, you know, and Kevin Hart, he's like, Oh yeah, this animal is da, 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 da. How do I know this? You know, <laughs> It's just, just figuring out how they can be uh, useful and, and part of a team, you know, part of a group. That that was really well done. You, you know, it's really funny. With, with your description, Dwayne, it, it's almost like they're they're trying to do a modern take on The Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, you have it that. Really is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you have that group. Uh, the jock, the nerd, the the insecure one, the the one that's all business, and I need to you know get into college and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, instead of messing with the bull and getting the horns, they mess with the el- the, the rhinos and got the horns. There you go. <laughs> the principal. I love the principal of the Breakfast Club. There were, and there were parts that they saw that he never wants to see again. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, you know, as far as my fan, guys, I, I, I think it's partially what both of you talked about. Um, I think this movie kind of plays with the idea, I, and, and part of the reason I really liked about it was the way that the teens themselves were almost challenged by their avatars. They were in complete opposition to who they were as in the real world. You know, and for Spencer, it probably was a little bit of wish fulfillment, so I got like a real Shazam feel um with that with spencer in the body of smolder still, you know i mean <laughs> i mean that we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later um you know bethany this social media queen who is so focused on herself gets put in the body of jack black <laughs> i mean 
<laughs> there's just something genius about that, and it plays off so well. And I think in some ways, each of them learns something about themselves by going through the process and being challenged, uh, almost like their their thoughts on themselves are challenged by the avatars and what they go through. So I thought that was kind of a neat uh, kind of feeling, and I think that hits the target audience a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guarantee it at that that age, I wish I'd looked like Smolder Bravestone, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, at my age, I still wish I looked like Smolder <laughs> Bravestone, but hey. <laughs> I was thinking that thought, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my question to going back to the Breakfast Club thing is, is does, Judd Nelson, Judd, does Judd Nelson feel bad that his avatar was a Jonas Brother? <laughs> Look, everybody else did okay. Seaplane. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, you know, to take a Jonas Brother to bring everyone together, truly, you know, make it work. Oh. But, you know, I think there's one thing we do need to do. I think we need to go find our pans for this movie. But let's not eat cake. Well, I can tell you those pans were probably in the backpack. <laughs> you were in the backpack. <laughs> Did you hear the Dora song ever start in your head about the backpack? <laughs> <laughs> always. Always. Backpack, backpack. <laughs> it's oh. even the map song. We could have sung the map song. Uh, yeah, yeah. We could have sung the map song. I forgot about the map song. All right. Anyway, Dwayne, what's your pan? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, right. That's fine. Well, that's <laughs> My pen is kind of a mirror image of my fan, and it's the character development. But they had to change, you know, to to develop the characters. I I, I would have, I don't know. I mean, I know it was the story, but I, I hate the, the the way that Hollywood always puts out. You know, you have to physically undergo a change into a much cooler, more attractive person before you can advance as a human being. You know, when you when you come back to your life. So yeah, it's just kind of a pushback on Hollywood. There is as my pan, you know, that's that's really it. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of that, but it's it was a fun story. I'll I'll, I'll grant you that, but I think I think I think I think your pan is valid and Sammy's fan is valid. Yeah, <laughs> on both of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the and that's the the interesting dichotomy of this movie. You know, it's it, they're both right. You know, it, mm-hmm. it took them it took them to be that. To realize that they could be that, you know, which which, I, I you know I would I would like for us to have a stronger mental view of the of our world to say you, know, you can be what you want to be you can be anything that you want to be you don't have to physically appear as this giant studly man to be a true man of honor and action you know you you exactly Sammy yeah you 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 all <laughs> um, but you know uh, just like uh, you know Martha she. Transformed into Karen Gillian, you know, I mean, beautiful lady. But you know, you don't have to be physically perfect to be beautiful and of value. Well, you know, Jay Black was in this movie. Not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you know, that's the thing too. You know, it completely flipped that young lady's worldview of what you know, and that, and I guess that was a meaningful one, you know, because it took her conceit. And just completely gave her this this fat, short, pudgy, build, bearded, middle-aged man. I'm with her though. Seeing seeing the reflection in the mirror of a fat, middle-aged man is rough. It's rough. <laughs> I see it every day. <laughs> it's tough in the mornings. Yeah. Oh mercy, is it ever? 
All right. So as far as my pain goes, um, I really felt that Van Pelt, played by Bobby Cannavale, really wasn't used to the best effect in this movie. Um, Sure, he was creepy, the bugs crawling out of his ears and all that kind of stuff. But I never really felt like he was much of a menace. And and I guess it was one of those things in true video game fashion. You got to save the big boss to the, the last level kind of deal. But I just didn't feel like you really showcased him much as the primary antagonist. I mean, he was the one that stole the jewel. He was the one that brought the curse upon Jumanji. Mm -hmm. But I felt like he was just almost an afternote until, you know, they they fought him. And then it was just kind of like, well, I'm going to kick him while you ride your motorcycle up the mountain, you know, (laughs) kind of deal. Do do you think that was maybe because of um, shooting for that younger audience? Like they didn't want it to be too violent or too, you know, too really scary. Yeah, it could be. And, could, and honestly, been, the, man. the Scorpion was enough. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was really underused. He was really visually interesting and, and I think could have really been a, a, a real menace. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be sure if there was a couple of missing scenes with him. Yeah, it felt like they made it, like the, the, like the scene where he menaces his you know underlings, like when he kills the guy with the scorpion. It felt like there might have been a few more of those type of moments to show out like how tough and scary he is. Right, but for, but for runtime purposes, because I think it's like right, like, like seconds under two hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like there might be a couple just to to, to dodge that two hour bullet. So, mm-hmm. uh, my pan is is it's probably nitpicking. It's dumb, but it bothers me. There is some really terrible CGI in this movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. some really, I mean, there's a couple of these that look like something from like a, the, the Raimi Spider-Man movie and not the third one, the first one <laughs> from 2001. And, and, and going back and watching that movie, you give it a pass because it was 20 years ago. <laughs> this came out four years ago. Bruh. And we, we've just gotten used to things looking great. And I guess too much of the budget went to the cast, but I mean, some of these are just really bad looking. I think especially the one is at the very end when Karen Gillan um, is running and doing some flips, and it is just, it looks like Tobey Maguire jumping across buildings in that first movie. It's so bad, and it's distracting. It, and and for, for a, young, a movie for a you know, YA audience or whatever... It was pretty you know, absorbing. Like I was in the story, and suddenly the yeah. CGI was so bad that at those moments it's like, oh man, that's terrible. And I forget about the story. I'm I'm out, and it takes me a second to get back in. And you know, it just it's kind of a bummer because it, it was a, a fun adventure movie, and to have those little things pull me out and distract me, eh, it's just kind of a bummer. Well, this is a video game movie. I mean, so they got to make it look like a PS2. Man, I don't play a lot of sp- I don't I don't play a lot of games anymore. But I've seen some some cutscenes that were better than some of the yeah. moments. Yeah, it, 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 some of the, some of the CGI did did have a bit to be desired. Yep. Well, guys, you ready to throw some awards on the mantle? Let's do it. Sam, you are up first with best performance. I'm really glad I got the lead off on this this week. Um, 
because I have to give best performance to our man of the month, Jack Black. Um, You know, of all the movies that we chose this month and, and, I just I just think this is a great performance for him. You'll notice this is the first time I've ever I've chosen him. Um, he just brought so much humor to this role of Bethany, you know, slash Oberon. Um, you know, it, it, he can be so off the wall. You know, he, he, he's a lot like we talked about <laughs> last time. Um, and he can play so many off the wall, weird characters. But he just played. Uh, it's not really playing it straight, but it's just kind of. He played it differently, and it just stood out, and it made it so funny to me. As like I said, this progresses, so I got to go, Jack Black. And this, I, just for the for listeners at home, I'm I'm the one that puts together like the rough sort of show notes, and I I set the draft order, but it's always a rotating order. I have never wanted to cheat so bad so that I could say that first. <laughs> like, I wanted to rig it, but I couldn't because we've got a set thing we do. I'm co-signing. I mean, and this is this is Jack Black not doing Jack Black things. This is this is not you know Dewey Finn. Um, this is this is a different performance he's doing here. It's not yeah. subtle, but it's different than the normal Jack Black thing you usually get. Mm-hmm. And I think of of the four main cast, he's the one who did the best of embodying the kid um, that he was supposed to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin Hart tried for about five minutes, and then it was just Kevin Hart. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson kind of went in and out of it. Karen Gillan kind of went in and out of it. But Jack Black was just Bethany the whole movie. And mm. um, he did really well. And there were some really funny scenes. Um, and he stole a lot of them. I mean, this was a really good Jack Black performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hear, hear. <laughs> so I, I second that emotion. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, Jack Black uh, as Bethany. Had had the physicality, had 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 everything. I I can't really say any more than what you guys have already said, but uh, I just echo in both of those. So Jack Black, yes. I think I think if I was gonna pick one moment, it was the one that made me laugh the hardest was when Jack Black was biting his lip at Nick Jonas. <laughs> that little split second just perfectly embodied what he was doing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when Nick Jonas showed up, it was a whole other level. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the staring contest. I'm amazing at it. <laughs> my wife had wandered in while I was watching this movie, and I hadn't explained to her what Jack Black was doing. <laughs> oh, See, Jack Black is actually a teenage girl internet influencer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the movie was paused for a minute. <laughs> for a long minute. I had to explain what was going on. I can only imagine him in this face, honestly. Uh, or, uh, okay, then. <laughs> she didn't pay much attention after that. I think if you hadn't started at the beginning, it was a lot to ask. Because uh, um, okay, so I'm up uh, next on, on, on best scene. And for me, this is this is easy. So it starts with Jack Black teaching Karen Gillan how to flirt. Just <laughs> <laughs> a sentence that shouldn't exist in the English language. <laughs> so we see, so we see a training, basically a training montage, and then I love that she forgets everything. <laughs> down there and just 
a complete failure to flirt with these guys. <laughs> this, their NPC bafflement at what she's doing, the the, the awkward hair flips, and the, just the, the whole thing. It ends with some really epic dance fighting. I didn't know what dance fighting was, but that was just a great scene. From the training to her taking down those two guys, just mwah, masterpiece. Yeah. Brilliant. And that was my backup. <laughs> that was my backup. Uh, was the uh, was the the flirting into dance fighting? But yeah, that was hilarious. <clears throat> but I'm gonna go. You know, this movie. I know we talked about the character development and the different things that go on. Well, one of the things that we'd lost in this movie was really a, a, a missing person for 20 years, and the effect that that had on a family and the community altogether. Uh, as as I was watching this movie, it really brought a little bit of heart in. And they must have been, you know, and I, I talked before, I watch a lot of these things at work. And, and they must have been blowing out some duster sweep in the back room or something because something happened in the break room while I was watching this. And it got kind of a little bit dusty. But, you know, when they get back home and they're walking down the street and they see Alex with his family, they see the home whole. They see his his children and then you know he he he's named his first daughter bethany after the girl who saved his life mm-hmm. you know it just you know that that brought a lot of heart and you know you see the the the, the group of, of teenagers as they're still you know fresh from the game so they're still the you know the leader the you know the smart guy that they're still to got it together you see them later at school, they're, they're kind of reverted a little bit back to where they were, but you see some shades where their lives are going to start, you know, changing those ways. But yeah, the, the, the back home scene was really my favorite scene. Yeah. I mean, all the action, the fighting effects were great, but yeah, the, that back home scene really kind of hit me a little bit. Nice. Yeah. That, that was, that was a little heartwarming and it was also kind of a, a heartbreaker for Bethany because she's like, Oh, you know, because <laughs> did anybody have a problem buying Colin Hanks as a metal head though? <laughs> <laughs> no, being a dorky metal head, I'm good with it. Yeah. <laughs> being a dorky well, metal head myself. I'm, I'm good well, you know, he, he's older now. He can't be that satanic rock God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, I, you know, there's a couple of scenes that definitely stand out. Jamie off the bat, Jack Black and Karen Gillan in that scene with the flirting, the physical humor, the nonverbal expression was just amazing. Um, I just, I laughed so hard. The other one that got me is, you know, we're getting to that big climactic moment. They're almost to the Jaguar and they go to the path, right? And all of a sudden, the rock is like, you know, Bravestone is like, ah, oh, my special ability, climbing. And he starts climbing, and they're going, wow, watch, he's really good at that. And then all of a sudden, he jumps on that ledge and pulls up, and there's a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and he screams and falls. <laughs> that was just so good, because it's like this big heroic moment. And that's when you get that switch between Bravestone and Spencer mm-hmm. as far as personalities. And, and I just, I laughed so hard at that part. So. Uh, check off squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I loved uh, Martha slash Ruby Roundhouse slash Kara Gillian. She was the most fun as far as like having to learn how to flirt, being unsure of herself, you know, and it was like every time she was hicking, but she was surprised. Oh, I can do this, you know, and she never really got it until later on in the movie. Uh, but she was just a lot of fun. And did anybody else like really get pulled out? So with Kevin Hart, I was pulled out entirely like the whole movie because my kids have watched like the entire Captain Underpants series and things. And Kevin Hart's the voice of one of the kids. So the whole time he's talking, I'm just here in Captain Underpants. <laughs> but you know, but when she's flirting with those guys, she goes into nebula mode. And she's like talking like a nebula while she's flirting with them. Hey guys. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're not you're not sexy, you're menacing. <laughs> I just, you know, as you know, and, and I know a lot of times, Jamie, we always talk about you know, having having young daughters, you know, and and seeing Martha, you know, as as kind of the unsure young lady of herself, and Karen Gillan kind of channeling channeling that at times, and then being the confident, strong woman. Uh, I I really dug her character. She was a lot of fun. I thought. Yeah. Um. You know. I guess for me, I'll I'll just kind of chime in with. Uh, can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Go for it. <laughs> Spencer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked, I, you got it. Um, I really like Spencer. And, and once again, like I said, give me a geeky, neurotic character and I'm in. Um, but it wasn't just the actor playing Spencer. It was the way also that The Rock played Spencer. Uh, I just I loved it's almost like those two characters. You almost can't separate, you know, because you've got this neurotic teen and this mix it between like a golden age comic book hero and a Harlequin romance character, you know, minus the flowing locks, of course, but you know, it, it's all that kind of wrapped into, into one. And both of those characters play so well off of each other, Spencer in the real world, and then Bravestone, you know, in Jumanji. Uh, and like I said, that even goes back to that scene with the squirrel and stuff. I mean, it just, it, I just loved that. And like I said, that's part of that wish fulfillment thing. That I think growing up, that was the reason I liked comic books and stuff is, you know, that was wish fulfillment for me. I wanted to be like those characters. So, yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm co-signing that. And I, but I, I knew I knew you were going to pick Spencer too. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we had a nerd make good? Be saying yep. just pick for something. All right. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, and I, I get it. I'll, I'll, but he is a little bit of a stereotype. All he needs is an inhaler to be, you know, the nerd from an 80s movie. I mean... Um, but you know, he does learn to be brave and I, I but I, I love that all the way through, he still hesitates. It's not a complete and total victory because mm-hmm. they, they get to, they're shaking, you know, Reese Darby's hand and they're getting ready to leave. And it's like, Hey, can we just stay? So yeah. I, I love, I love that little moment. He still has it completely overcome. And then they get back. And even though he and, um, Martha have bonded, he doesn't call her the whole weekend and has to reconnect with her at school. Like he's still hesitant. He's still scared, mm-hmm. but he's, he's learning to be brave. And he, that, that the process isn't completed, but I, I, I love the way they do that. It, it, it's, you know, it's, it's not super deep. <laughs> it's not, yeah. not amazing character development, but those little extra moments making it even more interesting character. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely. Okay. Sam, why don't you steal the uh, answer here with the best quote? Okay. You know, there's one exchange that is very, very deep, and and that's probably the deepest moment of this whole movie. 
but I'm not going to go with that one because I think really the best quote is Ruby Roundhouse questioning, why am I wearing this outfit in a jungle? <laughs> Tiny little shorts and a leather halter top. I mean, what is this? I mean, and face it, the reality of those things. And, and like I said, coming from a comic book background, I mean, Catwoman's wearing high heels all the time, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just, it doesn't make sense in the grand scheme. It just really doesn't. Wonder Woman fighting in a bathing suit really does not make sense. And and I love the fact that they call that out through the Ruby Roundhouse character. Yeah. Yeah, those, com- those combat swimsuits, they're a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I, I think I think you're making reference to the principal's speech at the beginning about <laughs> the one life thing. Um, I'm not going there either. Um, and I've already made reference to one that I wanted. I don't have to say now because we've already pointed out that you know your Bethany sees herself as an overt middle aged man and freaks out. <laughs> so I snuck in an extra. So here's what I'm going to go with. So they get into the van and Nigel's all excited. It's Doctor Bravestone, famed archaeologist and international explorer, known across seven continents for your courageous exploits. <laughs> he just immediately responds, "Is there a seatbelt?" I just felt like that—that that captures something important about what's going on in this movie. <laughs> Come on, guys! How am I going to have the most heartfelt quote here? I normally go go <laughs> off the wall, and you guys go serious. I'm going to go serious though. Um, as they're getting ready to shake Nigel's hand at the end, and I thought Sammy was going to reference it uh, as he did a moment ago. Uh, Bravestone says, "You know." Let's just stay here. I want to stay like this with you. And, you know, Martha says, then let's be like this every day. Come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that, just that choice to be better. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was on my short list. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. Because I, it goes I, back to that idea of, you know, him, him accepting that, yeah, I, I'm like all swole over here in Jumanji, and now I've got to go back to be little awkward, you know, Spencer and making the decision to do that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I like the um, the principal speech at the beginning about them only having one life, and yeah. that and that kind of resonated with Fridge throughout the movie. So I, that was good too. Yep, agreed. Yeah, that's all we got. <clears throat> all right, guys, time to get to our new segment. It's draft time. He's excited. Anybody excited still? Definitely. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody does have a good draft board this week. (laughs) All right. Since Jumanji is a movie based on a, I think, imaginary board game. I don't think it was ever a real thing. Um, We're going to be drafting board game slash video game adapted movies. And we had to go... I throw in the video games because there are very many board game movies. <laughs> Almost none of them are good. <laughs> All right. So, Dwayne, this was your movie. So you get first pick. Well, um, at the... Nah. Okay, I'm not going to snap you, Jamie, because I know what your pick's going to be. I'm not going to snap you this week. I'm going to be... But a, a movie that I think is really a little bit... I won't say too underrated, but kind of underrated. Um, I really enjoyed Prince of Persia with, uh, you know, uh, Mysterio, uh, Jay Gyllenhaal, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the Mandarin, uh, Ben Kingsley. 
Uh, that was a lot of fun, a lot of action, a lot of, lot of neat uh, lore there. All right, Sam. Interesting. All right. Um, I think I'm going to open up my draft board with 2002's Resident Evil. I loved that game, and I loved that first movie especially. It, it, you know, you had Raccoon City, you had, you know, all that stuff going on. It felt like the video game. Uh, it went off the rails after that, but the first one I like. Okay. Well, guys, I'm sorry to tell you this. Um, I'm already going to win the Facebook poll now because I'm picking Clue. <laughs> There's your one board game movie. <laughs> There's your one board game movie. That should not have went third. You guys are doing this wrong. <laughs> it's on my list, but I was going to be kind. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is great, and it does sort of capture like the fun of the game and work it into a movie that's way better than any right to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a great movie. It doesn't matter what it's adapted from. That is just a good movie. Yeah. yeah. All right, back to you, Dwayne. Well, Jamie, you had your chance. Your chance. So I'm taking I'm taking this one, uh, and this you know you talk about movies being better than they have any right to be, and I'm going with Detective Pikachu. Shoot. Yep. yep. <laughs> I, 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 I gave you the chance. I gave you the chance. I'm going with Detective Pikachu. Uh, yeah, that movie was much more fun than it had any right being from a, you know being taken from a card game and a, a video game. Punk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the chance. I, gave I know. You the chance. But I knew if I if I could somehow manage to get Clue and Detective Pikachu out of the first two rounds, I would. It's a, that's a, just a guaranteed win. Yeah. Like I said, I had, I had Detective Pikachu on my list also. All right, guys. Let's see. Number two. Um, let's go with with video game kind of adjacent in some ways. It's not based directly on a video game, but I think 1989's The Wizard. It made me want to play Mario so badly. Uh, it was crazy. So, I mean, that was the whole video game tournament thing. So, uh, I'm getting looks like like I might have done a faux pas. I think somebody's cheating a little bit. But... <laughs> well, if that's the case, I'm saying Tron. No. <laughs> Last Starfighter. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, well, that wasn't on my draft board because I don't feel like cheating. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go, and this is a kind of a dark horse, but I think it's actually a good movie. Um, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Yes. Um, Maybe a little rough looking back. Got some Uncanny, Va- Uncanny Valley going on there a little bit. Um, I think it's a good movie. Um, I like it. And it is actually adapted from a video game. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a my first DVD purchase when I decided to go HD with the with the DVD player and a bigger TV. But yeah, that, I love that. That movie's a ton of fun. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with one that is not really a good movie, but I was just glad to see it adapted from a game. Uh, a, a game that has had tons of lore, lots of, lots of people, but you know it's it, and, and I'm not even saying it's a good movie, but I was excited to see it get made, and I, and I, I found out during this research there's a remake supposed to be happening in 2023. Mm. So Dungeons and Dragons. 
Dude, that's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> I was so glad to see it get made. I mean, I just, I was so glad to see it get made. And then the fact that they're making another one, hopefully it's better. It's terrible. Hey, that, 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 that that's the one they've got Jeremy Irons to actually play, play like the villain, right? Oh. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't pay him enough to act in that movie. He yeah, just, just <laughs> Oh, mercy. And you had Thor Burt still doing the American Beauty in medieval times. I, I can't yeah. tell you how excited I was for that movie to come out. And then it was only matched by how bad the disappointment was for what it was. Exactly. Became. That was exactly me. I was so excited <laughs> to come out, and then the the disappointment rivaled the excitement. <laughs> but no. it left an impression, so it's on my list. <laughs> not, not the kind of impression that she get in this draft. Well, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sam. That's okay. The, the sad part with that is it's on his draft. It's on my shelf. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nonsense on your shelf, though. There is. Um, and, and actually, after you hear probably the rest of my list, you're going to think The Wizard was great. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I think for pick number three, so right, this is my last pick here, um, I'm going to bring... Dwayne Johnson back into the picture, and I'm going to go with 2018's Rampage. I thought you were going to say Doom. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, I'm no, no. Uh, I'm going to go Rampage. Uh, I loved that video game as a kid. I would go out to the local store and I would constantly put quarters in that sucker to play that. Um, you know. I mean, it, it's a little bit of a, a rip-off of a lot of monster kaiju-type movies, but I just, I like it. I enjoy it, so. I haven't seen that one. Apparently, I should. All right. Um, I'm going last, and pretty much all the good ones are gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, video game adaptations don't have a great history. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to, on purpose, pick a bad one. I'm doing it for my brother, Sam. There was a game we played so many hours of that got turned into a movie, and the movie was atrocious. So this is purely for my brother, Sam. I'm picking Double Dragon. <laughs> I remember this. The game was great. Yeah, the game was great. The video game, not so much. Yep, I remember that. <clears throat> but you, yeah. you had so many adaptations of some of these games that just fell through. And you know, some honorable mentions, I think, you know, Mortal Kombat. It's on my list. Tomb Raider. I was going to say, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Yeah, Not the remake. The Angelina Jolie version. That's on I mine. Mean, <laughs> and and you have to think, too. I mean, you know, Nintendo kind of did what Marvel did with Iron Man. With Super Mario Brothers in 1993. They just filmed it. They just said, okay, let's just dress the guy up like Mario. Dress the guy up like Luigi. You just have some ridiculous things going on here. And they just filmed it. Okay, yeah. explain Koopa to me, then. Right. Well, I mean, decisions <laughs> decisions were made. They had, they had to break it up into, you know, we're, we're not communists anymore. You know, we're fighting the terrorists, but, you know, decisions. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've, I've got, I, need, I need a ruling from the fellas. Okay. So I, there was one I wanted to pick. This would have been my real third pick, but I'm not 100% sure it's, <laughs> it's an adaptation. Okay. So I'm a big fan of the late 90s movie Wing Commander starring Matthew Willard and Freddie Prinze Jr. Mm-hmm. Does that have any actual connection to the Star Wars game of Wing Commander? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. 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 Nope. Yeah. I wanted to pick it, but I didn't think it did. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, one one that I wanted to pick too before we move on uh, was uh, in uh, it was a tie-in of uh, a movie that we've got a, a trailer for a sequel to that we never thought we were going to get, but The Matrix. In between Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, you had the video game Enter the Matrix, where you had to run a couple missions, uh, and you interacted with the keymaker. You got to help blow up the power station, run interference there, fight Sentinels, and things. And that was a really, really fun link, you know, to to the movies with the video game. I didn't include it in my list because it's not a a video game that a movie was based on. It was a video game made in between two movies, but it, it really was fun and continued the story. Because you didn't want to cheat. Because I mm. didn't want to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a while since I've cheated. So, yeah, you know, and the great thing about that that video game, Dwayne, is that's the reason that we've got to completely, you know, recast Morpheus. So, is yeah. that video game? <laughs> true, true, true. But uh, yeah, but that brings us to our Keanu connection. So, you know, you didn't get him in the video game, aside from a cutscene or two. But Keanu Reeves does connect to Jumanji. But how does he connect to Jumanji? Jamie? All right. My favorite thing about this week's Keanu connection are all the names he has been given in credits. So here we go. I'm just giving you my list. <laughs> There's nothing fancy this week. Here's, here are, here's a sampling of the names this man has received in the credits. Here we go. <clears throat> Tattooed guy. Big guy, nasty gunner, inmated, not inmate, inmated. I don't know what that's about. Um, nightclub security guy, bodyguard number two, D punch. I can guess what that's about. Uh, grizzled soldier, creepy trucker, cowboy number one, immune prisoner number three, two boots, fighter, biker, thug number two, bartender, biker, alky guy. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning Strike Zombie, SOL Biker Number One, Hank Doom, Gargoyle, Schizo Tom, and Viking Warrior. But in Jumanji, he is one of the motorcycle bad guys, and he plays another one of those great names, Scorpion Recipient. That is, is his, that's his official name in the credits, Scorpion Recipient. And he's the guy with the really big beard that Bobby Cannavale throws a scorpion on and it kills him. Um, but back in 2014, he played a character with an actual name, Nikolai, in John Wick, starring our beloved Keanu. So this week's Keanu connection is Tate Fletcher, he of the cool beard and all the amazing names. Tate Fletcher, this week's Keanu connection. <gasps> and how in the most action-packed movie could he have such a boring name? <laughs> of, all of, of all of those colorful names, Nikolai. I mean, it's a cool name, but I mean, it doesn't doesn't raise the bar to what he had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a ton of fun. Well, guys, uh, now that Keanu's connected, now that we've drafted and given our fans pins and awards to this movie, I hope you have enjoyed our review of Jumanji. I hope you guys got to revisit it and laugh along with us. Uh, Jamie, next week is your pick, my man. Yeah, and this is me just picking a movie that I like that nobody else does, and I'm trying to make some converts. Um, it's only tangentially, slightly, moderately a Jack Black movie. <laughs> um, so to close out Jack Black Month, we're going to be watching The Cable Guy. Jack Black adjacent. <laughs> now he, is, he is actually in the movie, and 
he is a um, a supporting role in this movie. Um, that's a joke for the four people who've seen this movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, I, I think it's actually a really good movie. I know it's it's a it's it's the Jim Carrey movie that everybody seems to hate the most. Um, but I think it's a, I think there's like there's smart stuff going on in it, and. Um, there was a period through uh, college where this was one of my top three movies of all time. Um, I've matured slightly, but it's probably still in the top ten. So yeah, next week, The Cable Guy. Buckle yeah. up. And smart Jim Carrey is not something you always associate with Jim Carrey during this era. I mean, don't get me wrong, the guy's a genius. But it's not always something you associate with him during this era. But uh, uh, this movie is streaming if you are subscribed to Hobo Max or I mean HBO Max, it's uh, streaming there. You can also rent it for two ninety nine on Prime, Vudu, or Roku. Or if you uh, want to uh, spend four bucks for three ninety nine, you can go to Redbox or Apple TV for this thing. And as we prepare our devices for the cable guy, Jamie, what are we going to do? We're going to put on our basketball shoes as we keep it nerdy. Oh, this is my pick, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>